You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, folks? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Nick Fairball. I write for Pittsburgh Sports Now, call games at WPTS radio station, and I am a production assistant at ACC Network. Folks, we got a big, big preview Friday coming up here for UVA. The Coastal's on the line. I will welcome Zach Gibney back. We had him on for Virginia Tech. We'll talk about UVA, Pitts injuries, Brian Armstrong, all that and more are coming up here on this preview Friday edition of Locked on Pit. What's going on, folks? Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Obviously, it's Preview Friday. Sometimes I'm by myself, sometimes I'm not. This is one of the occasions I'm not. And we got our first ever actually recurring guest on this show, Zach Gibney. He was here for Virginia Tech for that preview. Let's bring it back for the other Virginia school. Zach, previewing Virginia. How are you doing today, man? Doing well, Nick. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's good to be back. This is has to be one of the biggest games in years for Pitt. Yeah, I think you can argue. It's a good, good argument. This is the biggest game since 2009 against yeah. Cincinnati. I think there's a real good argument for that. Um, but I don't want to argue about how big it is. I do want to argue, though, you know, uh, kind of about certain things and, and what we're seeing overall throughout this this week and, and what we think is going to happen. Obviously, the storyline of the week, though, is just Pitt and, and how much this means to them. I mean, the vibe around the program right now, you just kind of your vibe from what the fans are feeling and, and kind of what you're getting from everything. I mean, uh, you might be different from me, but I, I feel there's a certain buzz about this, even as break comes, you know, with the students and obviously a lot of people going yeah. home, it feels like they're going to get a really good attendance, student attendance even. And it feels like this is a huge game for Pitt and the fan base is really rallying around that. Yeah, without a doubt. I think you're probably used to it by now. There's always so much pessimism around this fan base. It's always, Oh, Pitt's going to pit or whatever that whole narrative it seems like that's kind of gone away this year almost. It's it's really good to see. It seems like people are really trying to get people to go to Heinz Field again and watch this team, and for good reason. I mean, this is the most exciting team they've had arguably since Marino. It's the offense, obviously, just so fun to watch. And it, it's you're right. The, the vibe around the fans is just feels completely different this year. And, yeah, there's going to be some students going out of town, and we're going to have probably a little bit less of a student section by that same token. I think the, the general attendance is going to go up. You see, like – even later in the season, you see the Clemson game, even the Thursday night game after it started raining, there were people still in the stands and that whole narrative where it's like, Oh, the yellow seat theme, haha, Like that's gone away pretty much. It seems like people are really coming to want to see this team. And this is, this is the perfect game to come do it. Huge game, huge stakes. It's at Heinz field pit wins. They get the coastal. They're going to Charlotte. They have a chance at a New York six bowl. And I think that's why this feels so much bigger than say the 2018 Coastal Championship, because obviously that one yeah. was big. Also happened to be against Char- uh, Virginia, where Pitt clinched the coast, or essentially clinched the coast. I mean, they didn't clinch it until they beat Wake Forest down there at Wake, but they beat Virginia in Charlottesville to essentially put power them forward in the Coastal race. But this one, it feels like they actually have a chance to win the ACC Championship. Like, they could win the ACC, and that's something that 
I don't think I've talked about enough on here is the reason why everything feels bigger. It's not because they can get a coastal championship. There is no absolute juggernaut in the Atlantic right now that Pitt can't beat. That's the big thing. Yeah, exactly. I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, going into that Clemson game a couple of years ago, granted they had beat him in their last game, but there was certainly a sense of like, okay, it's great that we won the division. It's great that we're going to get this experience to go to North Carolina and play in this ACC championship game. But I don't think there was much of a sense of, oh, we're actually going to win this thing. It's people kind of knew going in that Clemson was kind of laden with NFL talent and it was just kind of, you know, a, not a formality, but it was going to be really tough. This year, like you said, Pitt is, I think it seems like even with Wake Forest in the top 10, it seems like people like Pitt going into this. I mean, obviously we're not there yet. We still need to beat Virginia at home coming up on Saturday. But at the same time, looking ahead, it does seem like people like Pitt. I mean, this is a team that I feel like in the two games that they've lost, talking about Western Michigan and Miami, they've lost. You, I mean, if one drive goes another way, we're talking about a complete, like we're talking about the playoff pretty much, right? Because it's like, it's, were both games were close and in both games Pitt had errors themselves that they could have sort of corrected a little bit and they would have been fine it hasn't really been other teams beating Pitt it's been them beating themselves and I think that's a really promising sign going forward because I think as the season gone along they've done a good job at sort of limiting those mistakes so yeah I, I think Pitt certainly is in the driver's seat here and you're right they've got a real shot to win the conference this year a, a very real shot and that would obviously be program changing and as I said earlier this week Justin Fuente getting fired. Sounds like Cutcliffe's going to be out at Duke. Manny Diaz down there at Miami. UNC and, and GT are kind of sputtering their wheels right now. It feels like a real opportunity for Pitt to take up and be the crown of the ACC Coastal for years to come uh, after this. But let's talk about UVA because this game, it, it's, a, it's one that I think people have had circled for a while ever since it became clear that UVA is going to be a legit player. Now, yeah. the big saga is... It's Brennan Armstrong play. And yes. I'm, I don't think we have a read on it yet. I don't even think we have a read. You know, Bronco Mendenhall said he went from what day to day to hour to hour, yeah. but he was hoping it was going to be second to second. I don't know what that means, but no. I do know that Pat Narduzzi has talked multiple times that they are preparing for Brennan Armstrong. What do you think about Armstrong's stats? You think he's going to play? And, and if so, I mean, how, how effective can he be? I mean, according to the line, it seems like he's not. I mean, this is a this game has gone from opened at minus 13 and a half down to minus 14 and a half. So you look at that and you're thinking, okay, this is going to be a game where Vegas doesn't think he's playing, obviously, because if he were playing, this would be a much different spread. And looking at the matchup with Brennan Armstrong on the field, you have the fifth ranked offense in Virginia going up against the fourth ranked offense in Pitt. So, I mean, you're expecting points going in because both these defense have had their issues this year. But I mean, turning to those defenses, it's like, I think Pitt has an edge there because Virginia's defense all year has been abysmal. I mean, it, they've been in the bottom of the nation in almost every statistical category. And it seems like last week, Pitt's defense took a step. It was really the first game this year where it seemed like they sort of stepped up and played that role of sort of picking up the offense a little bit. Because in the second half, the offense, they that was probably their worst half of football they've played the entire year. And the the, uh, the defense was able to keep him in it against a quality quarterback like Sam Howe. Granted, he's not the same as we expected him to be coming into the season. But still, defense did a really nice job last week. And, yeah, I think the story going in, obviously, Brennan Armstrong, if he plays, completely changes the complexion of this game. But otherwise, if he doesn't play, I, I, I don't see Pitt losing this game if he doesn't play. If he does play, we're going to have a shootout on our hands, I think. 
Yeah, I, I, I will say this. I, I had kind of after the Western Michigan game a bad feeling about Miami, and then but Virginia was one where I had a bad feeling. And as I've kind of gone throughout the week, I haven't had that same feeling. I don't know why it's not there. But I also will say this. Pitt leads the nation in sacks, um, and, and that's yeah. something else. The pressure they get up front, they get Keyshawn Camp back. You know, they have Cansey, Baldonado, Alexander, Morgan, all those guys as well. Armstrong, if he is not 100%, and he could absolutely not be and, and fight through that rib injury, he's going to have to take a lot of hits, and he's going to have to play through a lot of pain. So I wonder, even if Brennan Armstrong plays, do we actually get Brennan Armstrong, Brennan Armstrong? Like, is he – Does one of the big things about Armstrong is you can play man coverage against those very good – wideouts that they have at Virginia, but Armstrong can beat you with his legs. If he has broken ribs and he's playing through them, is he going to want to do that? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, I'm sure you know, I'm sure you've seen this on Twitter or whatnot, but very few quarterbacks this year have made it through an entire game against Pitt. And I think that's partially due to their pass rush. Obviously they've gotten better in recent weeks. I mean, last week you're missing Keyshawn camp and you put up a performance like that. I think it was, I don't remember if it was seven sacks or something like that. It was in the, it was in that neighborhood, but nevertheless, like the fact, the press rush has made so much, so many strides. And then you get a guy like presumably Keyshawn camp back this week, according to Pat Narduzzi and what he said. But I mean, that adds to the pass rush. They've already been good without him. And it's, it, quarterbacks don't do well against Pitt when it comes to pressure, they're going to have to get the ball out of their hands quick. And I think that's going to be something, obviously, Brennan Armstrong, he's been good at that this year. He's he's sort of like a very similar to Kenny stats wise and everything like that. But he's been very good. And it's he's going to have to be ready for that pit pass rush for sure, like you said. And because uh, they, they've really limited the quarterbacks and they've taken him out of games at times. It's, it's been tough to last against this pit defense. Yeah, very, very tough matchup for Armstrong if he's 100 percent healthy or not. However, folks, first, I want to let you guys know that this episode of Lockdown Pit is brought to you by McDonald's. Probably serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. It's a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they have dependable Wi-Fi and the supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, and the away team can come and recharge. If you're on a drive, I don't know if you're going to be making the drive to Charlotte. Maybe you will be wherever you live. Stop at McDonald's while you're doing that. Hopefully Pitt can join you down there in Charlotte. Folks, McDonald's has that community. It's more than just about affordable food. They obviously have that as well. But it's a place where friends and family from the community can come together. A big thank you to your friends at McDonald's for always being there. As they say, I'm loving it. Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Me, Nick Farabaugh, here with Zach Gibney, talking UVA. We just were talking about Brennan Armstrong, obviously, fighting through that pass rush that Pitt has. But, Zach, I also think something interesting that, you know, that I've kind of talked about is, you know, UVA's offense overall is not a Miami or a even a UNC or a WMU type offense. This is not an offense that hits quick hitters and hits RPOs. It's actually an offense that is a drop back offense and has long developing routes. So if they have to protect Brennan Armstrong, I'm also have, I also have very, very big concerns that they're able to adjust the entire game plan and scheme 
to what Pitt might bring. Because again, Armstrong with bad ribs, I don't think you can be sending him out there on five-step drops that take four or five seconds to, to develop fully downfield. No, I completely agree. And I think that's something you saw a little bit in UNC last week. It took them a little bit to get into that scheme where it seems like teams have tried to play pit to where it's those short passes, those RPOs, sort of taking the easy stuff, so to speak. And they tried to go deep a little bit early in the game, and it didn't work out so well for them. And it took a little bit to adjust to that. I think Virginia is going to have to get on that. Hope I'm thinking they probably practice that this week because you're right. They are going to have to alter that playing style, especially if Brendan Armstrong's playing with those ribs because that's not an easy injury to play with as a quarterback. You, you don't realize how much you use your ribs just making your reads and doing simple stuff, making throws, obviously, too. And we saw him and come out in warm-ups against Notre Dame, and it looked like he was grimacing a little bit. So, I mean, obviously that's the huge story going into this game. But you're right; this is going to be have to this is going to have to be a very different looking Virginia or Virginia team from a schematic standpoint. Because you're right; their whole offense has revolved around those deep shots, sort of similar to Pitt. And I don't think that's going to hold up against this pass rush. I think if you give the corners enough time to make their sort of stay in coverage a little bit, they can hold their own they've had some issues this year in the safety department but overall i think it's a solid group um yeah i i I think this is gonna this is an advantage for Pitt because you are you're right they're gonna have to alter a lot about what they do yeah they're gonna have to alter a ton Uh, i think also the offensive line for virginia pretty good run blocking team but they allow a lot of sacks and armstrong might get hit a lot and if jay wolfolk is playing tough for a freshman to go into notre dame and then come into this Pitt pass rush so Depending on yeah. who's playing, it could be a rough day up front there. Although, I will never, 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 ever doubt Brennan Armstrong. I've seen that guy play. He is the real deal. Now, yeah. you, you know, Pitt has faced many, many good receivers this year. Josh Downs last week, for example. Charleston Rambo, obviously, is a, is a guy. But I will say, I'll put Dontavian Wicks up against most of those guys. This guy is a stud for them. But they also have... At the self-labeled football player, Keonson Thompson, who does a little bit of everything. He's a running back. He's a receiver. He's a little bit of everything. They have uh, Billy Kemp there as well. They, they have a lot of really talented receivers there. This is not just Brian Armstrong's show. They, these receivers are legit talented. Overall, when you look at, you know, this is a different, different offense kind of than UNC, as we talked about. Not only are they different schematically, they're deeper receiver for sure than UNC was. I, I'm kind of curious, what do you think about Pitt's ability to match that? You know, how much are they going to use A.J. Woods versus M.J. Devonshire? You know, Woods was dressed last week. Obviously, he had that shoulder injury against Duke, but Devonshire played more. Um, I'm, I'm kind of just curious what you think they will do to match up against those talented wideouts. Yeah, it's certainly going to be a tough task. I mean, like we talked about before, it's such an explosive offense. And they did a – Pitt did a decent job of containing it last week. I have to check the numbers again. I think Josh Downs had – less than 100 yards but it wasn't too much less and then their primary receiver had uh, in that game had over 100 yards and two touchdowns so it's it sort of if you have that star receiver something that teams kind of overlook about that it opens up options around the field that so Antoine Green it was he had he had a couple deep balls and two touchdowns he had 108 yards I think in that game but when you have a star receiver it takes the attention to him and it sort of opens up your other options so like Virginia if you're a multifaceted offense like that it's going to take it's, it certainly helps you out to have one star guy and then have a couple other guys who can sort of fill that complementary role. And I think Pitt's in a good position with their pass rush now to sort of prevent that because 
if they can get pressure on the quarterback, especially with Brandon Armstrong, regardless if he plays or not, he's not going to be at hundred percent. It's not something you recover immediately from it's he's, he's going to be, he's going to be a little bit banged up. And I think if you're Pitt's defense, you're going to know that and you're gonna say, okay, we're going to bring a lot of pressure early. We're going to try to get to him. And if they can, I think this is going to be a, a good game for Pitt from a defensive standpoint. Yeah. I think that Pitt looking at that, as you said, the, the tough matchup is going to be overall, how do his ribs hold up? Because Brennan Armstrong, it's also on his left side, which is also, yeah. he's a lefty. So that can also be something that's significant, but I'll never, again, I'll never doubt Brennan Armstrong. I could see him making this defense look like Swiss cheese. Like that yeah. is what I, I know he can do it. I know Brennan Armstrong can. It's going to be about health. If Brennan Armstrong were healthy, I'd be telling you right now, that guy's going to kill this defense. The offense better come ready to play. And the offense better come ready to play because they're going to need points, I think, even if Brennan Armstrong's a little banged up. But as you said, I, I do agree to a degree that Pitt's DBs are playing at a higher level. I also will say I think the X factor is the continued play of the linebackers um, playing really, yeah. really well against UNC. Dennis probably had his best game at Mike. Brandon George played well. Chase Pine played well. Cam Bright is back in form. He looks great these past two weeks. Patrician adding in. Um, so the Phil Campbell is always playing solid. Um, so these are these are the guys that you need to continue to play. And we know Pitt loves to bring five, six-man blitzes. So expect those to be dialed up too. Um, I do want to kind of move over though to Pitt's offense because I think yeah. there's two problems starting to show up on this offense and, and kind of why. First of all, the O-line injuries are, I think, were a key part of why Pitt kind of slowed down in the second half with Gonsalves and Zubovich both filling in for Hoy and Cradle. Now, it sounds like Hoy is going to be back, but what's kind of your thought on, on Gonsalves, Zubovich, what they should maybe do? Should they kick Hoy inside? Sounds like Hoy will be back. I don't expect Cradle to play. Um, that did not look good, and, and Narduzzi kind of brushed that off, which kind of lets me know that Cradle is out longer term. Um, what, what do you kind of look at with what they should do on the offensive line rotation and, and your overall confidence in what Zubovich or Gonzalez can do even after a rough week? Um, I'm confident in Gonzalez. I think he's a guy who's been on the bench a lot this year purely because they've had so much depth. I think Pitt's offensive line group is a team, is a group that can kind of rotate a bunch of guys and sort of still have success in that regard. I think Mac Gonzalez, or not Mac, uh, yeah, Mac Gonzalez. He's a he's a quality player. I, I think if you if you throw him in and kind of keep him in with that um that group, he he just he needs a little bit of time to get acquainted with the offense. I think kind of putting him in that situation was tough with the injuries last week. Obviously, with the field quality wasn't great, and I think once you kind of get him a week of practice, get him sort of back into that rotation a little bit, he's gonna be he's gonna be better than than he was last week. And it's just it's just a reps thing, I think, because. He's been he's been good in the past. Obviously, like you said, not his best game, but as the offensive line group as a whole, I think they've done really well this year. It's it's been a tough going into the year. I feel like that was an area where Pitts was sort of concerned going in because they didn't have a lot of depth. They were losing obviously Jimmy Morrissey, and you were wondering who that next guy up was going to be. And guys like Carter Warren, guys like Mike Marcus Miner have stepped up and played a huge role. So. I think they'll get back to form. They've they've played well in the past, and I think they can do it again this week, and they're going to need to. Absolutely going to need to. Again, Virginia only 12 sacks on the year, not really a team that has 
been a great pass rush stalwart. I do want to talk a little bit more about the O-line, but first, folks, I want to let you guys know about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is back and better than ever with the new web interface for the start of the basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to use is our promo code locked on to receive your bonus. Again, that's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code locked on from basketball football nhl boxing and ufc right to your favorites to make us casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online where the game starts folks have you ever wanted a protein bar that has all those healthy benefits but tastes really well i know most protein bars are waxy chewy you just have to choke them down but you, you want to stay healthy so you have to have them right well don't worry no more because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and they have all the health benefits you want. Another great thing about Built Bar, all the flavors they carry. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. This month, Built is coming out with new limited-time flavors every three to four days. Make sure to check the website. I know you don't want to miss out on that. And as I said, the health benefits are there too. Low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein. You get all the health benefits with all of those flavors. So here's the offer. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 and get 50% off on your order. Use our promo code LOCK15 for 50% off at built.com. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast here. Preview Friday, Nick Farabaugh, Zach Gibney. We are looking here at Pitt's offense after a pretty lengthy discussion about Brian Armstrong and that. Virginia offense as well. I will say this, you know, you talked about Gonzalez and I, I have lots of confidence in Matt Gonzalez. I agree. I think he just had a rough game. It was a short week. It's he's, I do think he's a more natural left tackle than right tackle. I will say that not easy to switch left to right. Um, I am worried a little bit about that guard spot though. Um, with no Jay cradle, I don't know how you fill it. And I think it was the interior pressure that got to Kenny a little bit in the second half. You know, the blitzing linebackers, the safeties that they were bringing from UNC. I am worried a little bit. Whoever plays there, whether it's Zubovich, Hoy, Drexel, I don't know if they're going to – I mean, there's so many different options that they could put in that spot. I am a little bit worried about who steps in there. I think that's my biggest worry outside of the second worry I'll talk about. Yeah, I agree, and I think – that affects Pitt especially because they're a team that really likes to run up the middle a lot. I mean, we've seen it on short yardage situation. They like to go to that sort of run play up the middle with either Izzy or Rodney Hammond or one of those guys. And it does sort of put a lot of pressure on them to sort of make their reads very quickly, especially with that banged up offensive line. But I, I it's tough to, it's tough to really get a read on it because like you said, Virginia's pass rush isn't, isn't, quality it's it's not terrible but at the same time they've they've had their issues this year certainly so it is going to be a spot that Pitt needs to look to fill but at the same time I feel like they can kind of adjust on the fly these are all guys who have played before it's it, like you said Gabe Hoy might be a it's a tough situation with him there but it's I don't know it just seems like they it's a situation that they can kind of get over I've I've had faith in this offensive line the entire year and I feel like if they can get it done, then they can get it done now, especially against a Virginia unit that's been wishy-washy this year. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I will say this. I think the the running game, as you mentioned, is going to be big because I don't – Virginia is a bad passing defense too. I don't think they're as bad as they are as a rushing defense. 
They are yeah. awful defending <laughs> the ground game. Just awful, abysmal. Um, and, I mean, they have some talented players up front, but they, they their D-line consistently gets blown up the ball. I saw Kyron Williams slice this team up. I saw Tyler Algier slice this team up. I saw all these guys run at a high level against this defense. And I know that Izzy Abani Canada has that in him. And so I'm, you know, and I, I talked about this before the UNC game. I could see Pitt going to the ground a little bit, maybe getting Izzy a, a good amount of carries, Hammond, Vincent Davis. Maybe the ground game is is pretty instrumental in this game because, man, they just can't tackle. I mean, Virginia just oh. can't tackle running backs. Yeah, I mean, looking at the numbers now, I mean, they give up 222 rushing yards per game. I mean, you look at that number and you say, okay, you go right at that. That's something you're going to really want to exploit early on and frequently throughout the game. 245th in the country. I mean, that's abysmal. There's no other way to put it. But if Pitt's going to want to do that, they're going to have to use that that sort of revolving door of running backs I think they've used all year. I really like – I think Rodney Hammond should sort of get more carries over the course of the whole game. It seems like they like to bring him in later for sort of – not garbage time, but sort of at the end of the game when it's sort of just – trying to hammer at home sort of and I think he's a guy who can really be used in a more expansive role I, I think he's a great running back obviously he's the youngest of the three but at the same time I I really like the way he runs same thing with Izzy I think he's one of those guys obviously brings power and speed and then Vincent Davis talking about how there's going to be that issue up the middle for Pitt with those guard spots I think you can use him out of the backfield as a receiver as well I think he's a good catcher of the ball he's also good in pass protection so there's a bunch of different looks you can give if you're pit and with your running backs. So I think if you kind of sort of mix all of them in and give Virginia tech a lot of different looks to prepare for, I think they can really take advantage of that. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you completely uh, that the rushing game is going to be huge in this game. And, and again, I think they can take advantage of that. I will say this um, as well. I think when you look at Pitt, the passing offense, I don't want to say it's unstable, but I think it is because the receivers continue to get hurt. I mean, Barton yeah. and Mack both hurt. Stovall, if you watched the, the field pass, you can see Stovall roll his ankle really badly on that deep catch. And then Shockey and Tipton got banged up at some points. I, I'm assuming those guys will play, but um, Shockey and Tipton, that is. I don't know if Stovall is going to play. Um, but I do think that Shockey and Tipton will end up playing. But they, they got banged up too. And at some point, it was it was uh, Gavin Thompson out there for Pitt and John Barzell getting significant snaps, along with Jordan Addison and Jared Wayne. Now, obviously, the tight ends are there as well, and Pitt did employ Lucas Crawl a lot out wide as the game went on. I, I, I am a little bit worried about receiver depth. They just have so many injuries there. And in experience as well, with, you know, Jane Bradley's a real young player. Um, so it, it is becoming a bit of a worry for me in terms of how many injuries they can take at this position. Yeah, without a doubt. I think that's it's, – it's late in the season. It's one of those things just like you're going to have those injuries – and I think that's where this receiver depth comes in huge because Pitt, Pitt's receiving core is so deep. I think you mentioned guys like Jalen Bradley who really haven't played much at all this year. He's a really talented receiver. I think he can slot in and play really well. But, I mean, you also look at guys like Jared Wayne, obviously Jordan Addison as well. Those are guys who have really carried the load for the team this year, and I think they can continue to sort of carry that load into this one. And it's, it is going to be tough. Mac played a really significant role. So did Jalen Barden. Just it, it, it's going to be one of those things that they have to adjust to. You're right. There's going to be new guys who have to step up. You talked about John Varzell coming in late in the game, sort of in that sort of slot receiver spot. And it's it's going to be those kind of guys who need to step up and play a bigger role than they have earlier this year. But I'm confident in the depth of this group. I think Brennan Marion's done a great job in preparing them. They've 
this is a team last year, the whole narrative surrounding them was they, they dropped a lot of passes. There was a lot of inexperience there. And then you get, get them this year and it's a very reliable group. I mean, you get guys like Shockey who weren't playing a lot towards the start of the year. Then you get the injuries. He plays very well against Duke was a little bit banged up against UNC, but I think he can come in and play a significant role as well. So you have a lot of these receivers there who can really serve a purpose on your team. And I think that's going to be the case again this week. I'm, I am curious about the receivers. I'm not sure I'd say I'm worried yet, but I think it's definitely going to be a feeling out process for Kenny and the rest of the offense. For sure. I have no doubt though, that Kenny Pickett and his offense are going to bounce back, play at a high level and really bring the heat against this uh, UVA defense. I think Pitt has, a, if, if this really gets into shootout territory, I think Pitt has a chance to drop 50 plus on this defense. Yes. Um, pretty simply. I, I could see it being the second most they scored all year. I mean, we're talking about Georgia Tech levels of points here. Um, 52 plus potentially. I don't think they're ever, if it reaches UNH levels, we have a crazy game going <laughs> on, but um, I don't think it will reach that high. Um, but I, I do agree with that. Okay, let's get it to it. Predictions, Zach. I'll throw it to you. It score. What? Who do you think is going to win? But I'll also give you a little fancy twist. Who scores the first touchdown? Ooh. Okay. So I feel like I have to give two separate predictions here. Is if Brennan Armstrong plays and if he doesn't, because those are going to be two very different scores. Because I think if he doesn't play, I think Pitt wins this game. I don't know, forty-five to ten. I th- I think they blow him out if he doesn't play. I think that defense is good enough to hold. Virginia's offense without Brennan Armstrong. And then obviously, like you talked about, Virginia giving up all the points they do. I think Pitt's offense just is business as usual. But I think if he does play, it's more in the, we'll go 42-37 territory. So I think Pitt wins either way. This is one of those games where if Brennan Armstrong plays, this is going to be a shootout. It's going to be one of those games where whoever gets the ball last is going to win. But I think Pitt's offense has shown to be able to do that this year. And all right, first touchdown. Ooh. Let's go Gavin Bartholomew. Okay. Big Gavin <laughs> Bartholomew, who's had a, a few touchdowns in recent games. Yeah. I respect yes. it. So he's been very good. Okay. I kind of agree with you. You need two separate predictions. And I agree. Yeah. I, you know, I watched that Notre Dame game. Jay Wolfolk, he's a young freshman, but he wasn't crazy impressive to me. Now, we could see a Duke-like start for Pitt where I could see Wolfolk get some, you know, success early on. And maybe Pitt allows like 10, 15 – 17 points in the first quarter and then they shut him down that's kind of what i'm feeling um i think if, if wolfolk plays pit wins i'll go 49 to 17 um if armstrong plays i think this one legit is a boat race game and yeah i mean it and i'm i'm talking crazy score i think pit wins this one 59 56 if armstrong plays. Ooh. i'm going way high yeah no I, think I, I can totally see that i can just see this one turning into an absolute barn burner and it doesn't ever stop um that's that's exactly what i could see happening here 2016 syracuse levels to a degree if they get to that point if you remember that game ended up 76 61 but <laughs> basketball score yes not with pit basketball but other basketball teams yeah yeah 59 56 <laughs> will be my prediction first touchdown i'm gonna go with the crazy one you going defensive no i'm not oh that the would doctor, be crazy Let's go to the doctor. Trey Tipton. I'll say Trey Tipton wow. gets a Wow. Wow, that is off the grid. Trey Tipton on senior day in his final game of Heinz Field after seven years will get the first touchdown. Poetic justice. I hope I make it come true. Um, <laughs> all in all, though, man, I, I agree. I think Pitt does end up winning this game. I feel the vibe about it. 
I look at this at the game, I look at the injury with Armstrong, and I do start to feel that Pitt should win this one. But this is a talented team, and if Pitt does, trust me, if Pitt does not come out on their A game, this is one that they could absolutely lose, um, even if they probably should win this one. So, so that that's my belief as well. All right, Zach, as always, thanks for joining me. Tell me, tell me where they can find your stuff, man. Uh, at Zach Gibney on Twitter, at Zach with a K, and uh, I write for the Pit News, also on WPTS Radio every once in a while, calling a game and a uh, weekly show on Friday afternoons, so check that out. As always, folks, Zach is a great guest. Make sure to check out all his work, Pit News, listen to WPTS, do all that good stuff for Zach. He's great. His work is great. He just actually made a really cool piece about the discus team at Pit. Yeah, again, they have a club discus team writing great feature stories over there at the Pit news make sure to check that out folks before we get out of here i want to make sure you guys know about the locked on bets podcast the locked on bets podcast is your one-stop shop for all things betting and props wise it's hosted by your boy q with betting insight from lee sterling free and available on all platforms make sure to check it out folks as always thank you for listening and hail to pit